there, Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment here. Welcome to the latest episode of our newest Farm Equipment podcast series, Our Dealer's Story. In this episode, I sat down with Wayne and Steve Hunt of H&R AgriPower, a 19-store Case IH dealership with stores in Kentucky, Tennessee, Illinois, Indiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. H&R AgriPower was formed through the merger of H&R Implement, a New Holland dealership, and AgriPower, a Case IH dealership, in 1993. The two dealerships brought the New Holland and Case IH brands together before the two manufacturers merged. H&R Implement was founded in 1959 by Dalton Hancock and later bought by his daughter and son-in-law, Ross and Brenda Morgan. Wayne Hunt opened AgriPower in 1990 after buying the Case IH company store in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Since that first merger, the dealership group has continued to grow. Before we head over to Wayne and Steve, I wanted to thank our sponsor, HBS Systems, a multi-generational company that for over 30 years has provided leading-edge systems and software technology designed specifically for ag and construction equipment dealers. Thanks for making this podcast series possible. Okay, let's get things going. Here's my conversation with Wayne and Steve Hunt. A little bit of the history, I guess, of where we come from. In the early years, we were, of course, we farmed, and even when Steve started up there, we, we farmed, and he worked. He was on the farm. I guess where we had a gas and oil distributorship that did farm work and stuff like that. I worked for W.R. Grayson Company, Furlighter Company, my first major endeavor when I was a young kid. I actually worked in a factory for that and worked at night and farmed in the daytime. So we, we went on our own in the farm equipment business. Then we got into fertilizer business. Fertilizer service was terrible there. So we, we started Furlighter Company and it was a three-person company and it was pretty successful. And we wound up being, a, I think, the smallest company with the largest market share. We're the number one egg county, Christian County is, in right. Kentucky. That company grew and did well. And uh, service was our thing. We're service-oriented. We're in the fertilizer business. That's what it wasn't in the industry much. And precision agriculture, which means we're kind of old time today. But bottom line is we thought there was an opening in our own farming operation for service. We was half deer, half case, and not any service. We got balled up with some redoing on some deer tractors and had a rental tractor from Ross Morgan. Ross Morgan was an H&R implement company. He was a New Holland versatile dealer. Good friends. We're good friends. Bought all from him we could. You know, they didn't have a lot of the bigger stuff back then. Steve, when Steve graduated from high school, his good friend of his was working for Case in a company store in Hopkinsville. Small company store. Mm-hmm. He told, I think he told Steve, I don't remember how it happened, said, you know, Daddy can buy that store. We got that one. They won't sell that store. <laughs> kind of happened when they rented that tractor. Yeah, that's right. Well, he rented the tractor. Yeah, it'd come up by then, I guess. And, I said, geez, I want to buy that thing, work on our own stuff. I had three good technicians, didn't have anything to work with, wasn't much service in the county. So I said, we'll buy that thing, work on our own stuff. We might sell it for a lot of company and retire someday, kick a few tires, trade a few tractors, small business. It's like a fun <laughs> deal. <laughs> so, and good, I went to plan. Ross, I went to my good friend Ross. He said, I don't want to do anything going to hurt you now. He said, why well, y'all do it? It's a good opportunity. So we did. When was that? 1990. Started fertilizer come 1975, and we still had it, had the implement company too, and it had grown tremendous river terminals and all that stuff. And then uh, you know, we got the implement business and kicked a few tires and traded a few tractors there for a year, but we put service trucks in there and had three good techs, and that thing tripled in three years. It was doing like three million, it went to like, I think, 13 million, 17 million, I can't remember too good. But somebody just run out, and I went back to Ross and said, Hey, Ross, this thing running off. It's a better <laughs> deal than I thought it was going to be. 
And I said, we got the farming operation, got the fertilizer company. I said, I think we ought to merge. Didn't take too long. You know, Steve, no. Steve, Jeff Morgan, Ross's son, Jeff, you know, which still is, he's over all the whole good stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Him and Steve, about yep. the same age. Yep. He's a little uh, younger than I am. He's a little younger than Steve. Yes. Not much. And I'll never forget Ross said, we come back. He thought about it a day or two. We come back and sat down. He said, I think we're going to do it, Wayne. So I think it'll keep us young. I said, you know, <laughs> Steve, we got your son. I say, I'm for it. Whatever we got to do, I'm for it. So we did it. And we kid a lot. I don't know. It didn't take us long. We got there. Everybody asked him for some reason. Now, he'd been busy this long time. So, how long did it take y'all to do due diligence? I kid myself. I think two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know. It didn't take no time. But, you know, the biggest thing was trying to decide who you're going to name it. I couldn't mm -hmm. remember that. What are we going to call it? Uh -huh. I don't care. We're AgriPower. Call it H&R AgriPower. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Get in front. We'll let y'all in front and put yeah. the name together. So it's, here we are. We did that. And from there, it's almost history. It's, just one thing after another. But you know, we're pretty unique. You know, Steve got a piece thing that's went forward this way, but you know, we we have, we have consolidated a lot of territory. But, you know, I'm pretty unique. I'm not sure we ever went in anybody's business and tried to buy them. That's one much. And one thing I think is probably key to this organization, everything's in here today, contacted us some roundabout way and said, we got to do something different and picked y'all to join. And that's pretty much what it's been. Lyle, Lyle Thompson, Virginia, I can remember him well. He, we didn't already bought some, and <laughs> he called Ross. Ross said, Ross knew all the dealers. I don't know, and don't know a lot of them today. He's still mm -hmm. a contact guy, front guy, a lot for the seniors. Steve's the front guy for the whole thing. But And uh, he said, Lyle Thompson wants to get out. Wayne calls, I'd really like to join y'all. I didn't call him back. I don't know, we'd bought yeah. one or two stores, which covered up. And if I'd say, you gonna talk to him? I said, if y'all think you want it, I will. I talked to him right here at the hotel. We traded right here at the hotel farm show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was great, Judy. I'll never forget. He was a good old time machinery guy. Vincennes, yeah. Indiana, good territory. Yep. And he said, I, I don't want to run a store. And I said, I don't know, Lyle. We don't have a group of people running it. If you want to, you want to join us, you have to run it till you find us somebody. And that's what he did. He found us, he found us new help and all that stuff. And so that's how we got started. That's how we just gets better so, and better. Yeah. We should. We probably should have had Ross with us. But do you know their early story of H and R? Yeah, I know some about it. He married. <laughs> he married up. Her dad had this infant store. Yep. Ross was in the meat business and stuff like that. But then he came to work. It's a lot longer story. Than this. He came to work uh, with her dad. He owned a Oliver dealership in the early days. When the the Raiders came down to the county from Evansville, we had several people move down to Christian County. It looked a whole lot. We're flat green. We're pretty good farming territory. We're number one egg county in the state. Mm -hmm. We had several families moved down there and bought farms and stuff like that. They were one of them, but they they liked all of our tractors back then, and so they bought into Ross and them dealership. And that's how the H and R Infant Company got started. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Ross and them were before. That's yeah. kind of the, the first, very first start of the H and R. Yeah, piece. but anyway, that's he was. They were old time. What I call old time. They were well respected, customer wise, service oriented, things like that. I did, Kim. They were all some of He was actually on a dealer council when, when Oliver, when, okay. when yes. White filed bankruptcy. He was one of the guys <coughs> on the dealer council. Yeah. He got a lot of old background information. he done a lot oh, of things. Yeah. He testified and all that stuff in those early days. And then that's how they were. They were Oliver, and then White, then New Holland, Ford, then New Holland. Okay. That's kind of their transition. And, and you guys were. We farmed, we farmed, we farmed, and did the fertilizer business. We were kind of like them in the fertilizer business, but they were in the implement. But then uh, when we got in the implement business, 
And we, we didn't have no plan to be where we are today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so much for a yeah, we thought, small we, little business. Yeah, we huh? had one store, yeah. Dan retired, kick a few that's tires, right. I'd be on the farm, and we'd, we'd enjoy life, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still we do enjoy life. Yeah, that's yeah, that's important. It's a little different what we thought, you know. It didn't wind up like we thought. I, mean, no. I can remember thinking, you know, two different businesses. I come in a fertilizer business. You used to, <laughs> guy coming up there, you know, and he wants his chemicals and stuff. We sell them, pre-sell them, and come up there and he gets them. I'll never forget the first time I went in there, this guy come in and look at the tractor and nod around while they left. I said, damn, he didn't buy nothing. These <laughs> <laughs> people come in and buy something. Right, walk out the door we with the tractor. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That tire kicking may go on a while, maybe a while before you get that guy's money. You yeah. Gotta, you got to yeah. change around. I'm one of them kind of hypers. That's, that's there is one thing, though, I guess it's that, you know, that, that commonality that, that really is the success of a fertilizer company at the time yeah. and, and also the machinery business and, and that's service. We got in the business, that was our primary reason for getting in business. Uh, we, we just, we weren't serviced at our farming operation to a level that was satisfactory to I us as a it. customer. So we try to be sure today that we take those values and instill those in every, every dealership that we have today. Mm -hmm. and, it, and the Ross Morgans and Jeff Morgans, they had that, yep. the brand they're representing uh, was a great brand, don't get me wrong, but when we merged with them in Case IH prior to the big merger, we were a year ahead of the big merger that yeah. New Holland oh, and okay. Case did. So we, we put yeah. the red and blue together before the corporate guys did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Trailblazer. that just made everything kind of really go together and, and really take off because it was uh, amazing, I guess, when that happened. And, and Ross and Jeff came on board and and early on, we had some other guys helping us too. That service is, is a backbone of what we do every day. We get up on that farm every morning knowing what those customers want. Mm -hmm. and, and I guess for me, it's just about our people and getting that done too. It's, it's all about yeah. people for us. Our CFO came on somewhere along in that yep. first three or four years. He was a junior guy. He actually worked for my, my wife's first cousin with a CPA. We've always had outside audits. Everything we've done has always mm -hmm. been outside audit. He was a, class act CPA in that county. Leonard Edcock was your CPA. You didn't worry about the internal revenue. He didn't do anything wrong. This young man worked on him. did our audits a couple, three years. He's our CFO and have been there. Jeez, I don't know. He'd have to be here. He's in Hawaii. <laughs> He's been with us. That's just another piece of this. But we got so many people have been in this circle kind of since it started. Yeah. Just about, I, I guess most of our upper management people have been yeah. in, they're, they're off of the farm. Most, uh, maybe one yeah. or one or two that may, most every one of them, maybe there's one that's not off the farm. Yeah. So they've got instilling in that, that service. What's that customer? What sets us apart from another another dealership? So I how, know what how we do stand we, for. Exactly. Yeah. That reputation is pretty important to us. Mm -hmm. Have, you know, that customer's always right. If he's wrong, he's wrong a lot of times too. I'm <laughs> right, you. but he's still right. <laughs> yeah. He's still right. Rich your teeth, he's still right. That's exactly right. <laughs> but exactly. I'm telling you, hey, but it's, uh, I think, six statewide, I think we built that kind of reputation. Not like being there hands-on. Mm -hmm. That's another thing we have to get used to. You know, all of a sudden, I don't know everybody. We employ 450 people, I think. Right. Yeah. I don't know them all. I'm, I'm, I'm not used to, I'm all used to going in operations. You knew everybody. Them girls got to give me a cheat sheet and I leave them <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tell me what snooze where. That's right. I don't That's do right. that anymore. But you but know, I guess. Too much, I get out there yeah. not like I should. In the early years of the machinery company, though, it, uh, you know, we did merge with Ross and Jeff, and we had a great, I think it was, like our dad said, very short due diligence we had. <laughs> that was the quickest deal we probably we've ever done, by the yeah. way. And, and, it was and the good best for everybody, one, though. Oh, it was, that too. And it's, I guess we transitioned into partial ESOP ownership, and, 
and not a lot of people know much about an ESOP, what an ESOP is, but, but it's about your employees. I think that, that today we're 100% ESOP in our main company today. So I think it's, it's paying big dividends, I think, today because they, they do, the employees own the company. Right. And we really, that the values that they instill in our business with that ownership, they have ownership, you know. Mm -hmm. That's what you want every employee to always have is ownership. But, but they, we work with every one of them really close to be sure they yeah. don't lose that. Because if they ever lose that, then we're in trouble. Mm -hmm. we, don't, we don't have our edge against the competition. We're just another machine dealership. We right. don't want to ever be that. That's, that's my goal. I fight pretty hard every day not to let, let that happen. Because if that happens, then we're no better than anybody else. And that's not what we want to be. Right. And the ESOP was a, actually the Furlier Company was 30% ESOP. Yep. We had a longer store on it, but the co-op bought half. I once co-ops weren't doing very well, and they bought half of our fertilizer company. We bought all their assets, supply side. We became a supply arm for a co-op at home. It's a major co-op. Mm -hmm. It returns all its money back to the, for the farmer every year, and only holds the debenture five years. And they return like twenty million a year. We got ethanol plants and all that. Very major, successful. major deal. Kind of had a hand getting all that put together back early on there. And yeah. So it was an uh, ESOP thing. We, we just had some employees been with us ever since we started. That was a three-person company when we started. And I think we had, there was 12, 11 companies mm -hmm. there. I think we owned eight of them. We got three. The big company, Southern States, we could do anything with CPS, mm -hmm. but everything else, kind of like Infobiz, we just all joined together. Do you still have the fertilizer? No, Is we sold it, the rest to the, to the, to the co-op. The okay. co-op, the farmer owns 100% of that. He owned half mm -hmm. of it back then. We give 30% of our half to the employees that have been with us ever since we started. That's how the ESOP started. We realized we were probably sharper on ESOPs than most people at mm -hmm. one time. Really, we had a presentation. Were you at the dealer meeting? You went at the dealer meeting. We just finished the dealer, oh. the EDA. Yeah, I was there. You remember the guy's presentation on mergers? and mm -hmm. We wrote that book. I checked that book <laughs> off. I said, well, what you doing? I said, I'm trying to see how well we did. It's kind of yeah, like, uh, this is your life, we're by Rex, you know. <laughs> every single phase we had been through, I got that thing and said, geez, I guess we, I marked a few things we might have missed. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I mean, different things we, did we miss in here when we do all these joint ventures or whatever we call them. We call yeah. them joining us, whatever you want to call them, try to soften that much as you can. And, but the ESOP, when we started AgriPower, we said, we'll let the employees own 25% of this company. Once I say let it, it's, it doesn't cost them anything. Mm -hmm. But it's, they got to make profits enough, and their share of the profits will go into stock in the company. So it worked well, I think. Uh, we grew, I don't know, actually when we started with Case, we bought the Hopkinsville store, but we agreed to build a B store in Russellville and to have a plan, a five-year plan, to buy a couple more stores. They had Bowling Green, Kentucky and Orangeburg, Kentucky. Right from the start when you Yeah, that's the when we start that we bought that first. We made agreement we'd try to do that, didn't say when. I think we accomplished all that in less than five years. When it yeah, I think the five-year plan went about a whole lot quicker. Yeah. We got to Orangeburg. Was that 1990 time 90. around when the company stores started going away? Yeah. That's what it was. They had a tribe. They had they had one Bowling Green, Hopkinsville, and Owensboro. They had about okay. 35 to get rid of yeah. or something like that at the okay. time. I believe it was what, when we were negotiating to buy that one Hopkinsville. Yeah. I think there was about 35 stores sure. left at that time, company owned, and they were getting out of that business. Okay. So we did. We actually they actually closed the the case. They were construction and ag both. They would not let us have construction. We did everything. We wanted to keep it like it was because mm -hmm. farm. We had case construction equipment on the farm. Wouldn't let us do that. But they closed the. The ag and took 
the Bowling Green store to all construction, and then we took the Owensboro store okay. at that point in time. And that's kind of where we sat. We were, it's kind of the basic. A quick break in the action to invite you to our annual Dealership Mind Summit. Check out this unique management event for farm equipment dealers only at www.dealershipmindssummit.com. It's a quick hit, two-day mastermind style summit that connects you to your peers of all colors. Come participate and learn from the very best minds in the ag machinery dealer world, all seeking solutions to your same challenges. www.dealershipmindssummit.com so those stores they from the start wanted you to yeah. add were yeah, didn't do it right off. It was a couple of years. Yeah, it was two or three years. They stayed. At, they they were actually stayed at company store there for a little while, didn't they? Yeah, three about a year. I think it might have been a year. Now, now Ross could tell you to the minute, yeah. but I, yeah, he'll remember 100. percent I, can I don't do much looking this way. I'm <laughs> this way. <laughs> so Ronnie Barnett's our CFO, and he's yeah, got all the Barnett, dates. Okay, Kim, yeah. you have to have the dates down. We we get to you the date. That's Barnett. right. That's and right. How much? He's the finance guy. I kid him on said, We do all the dreaming. He tells us whether we do it or not. <laughs> but he's the smartest guy I've ever been around. I'm telling you, he's a smart guy. Steve, when did you come on board? It was a gradual transition, Kim. I was kind of involved with the fertilizer company and running the farm and then kind of gravitated into the machinery business. Okay. So I kind of had three hats. So I was involved with the fertilizer company quite a bit. And then Oh, it was about uh, Mark or was, whatever Mark. And we, it was probably we were, 1995. Yeah, probably. We would already merged Ross and Jeff, yeah. and okay. and uh, some of the other stores were coming online, and this snowballed, if you will, started getting bigger. So we uh, kind of looked at where my career was going and what I was going to do, and and we had a very good farm manager that was working with us at the farm to help run the farm. My boys were still small in school yeah, and good. coming up of, not of age yet. So I tra it was about 95 when I really started transitioning yeah, into say the it's business. I don't, Mark I don't want Mark, we recruited him out of Indiana, came, moved down here and went on a farm with Steve. And it's about 1991. I think, I think somewhere in that range. Okay. So we, 95 we were, we were was preparing ourselves what we were going to do, we hadn't got there yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it really grew and grew and grew and then it looked like on the supply side that we were going to need to be a part of something bigger there because there was, there were, there were the the big guys in town, we, we were going to have a hard time competing with those guys. Okay. I mean, we had our river ports and we were really progressive as an independent yeah. dealer, but the independent <coughs> dealers were kind of going away. So, Dad, I think, had a, had a pretty good insight on what we need to do, is, and, yeah, and the yeah. farmers need to own it. So, Landon Lakes is a big co op that this group's a part of, and I guess whenever we sold yeah. that business, then I didn't have to have the time there, so I could for sure gravitate even more into the equipment business mm -hmm. after that. So I think we were the first, we may have been the first fertilizer company, but it was half co-op, half independent. Yep. Okay. We could go either way. That's the way yeah. we wanted. Like Steve said, we felt like we had got that company as big as we could get it mm -hmm. with all the big ones. We had river terminals and we actually supplied terminal for it in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But wow. when the consolidation on the river came, right. all that began to go away. I, I told farmers, you're, you're not going to be in control of your expenses anymore. They just gonna make just gonna ship down that river what they gotta have. Won't be like it's being all this surplus. We were scavengers on the river back then. We mm -hmm. we knew what barge was tied to what tree and how long we'd been there and what the barge was, <laughs> how soon they had to sell it. We did, we did well with that, but it was going away. Things changed. And that co op thing helped us a lot because co ops have a lot of advantages. They don't have the work ethics. Absolutely. Traditionally. Right. They don't have we have we had the work ethics. We wanted their position in the market and it worked well for us too. It solidified that come in. 
and they want to distribute all their money. They they distribute all their money back to how much business you do with them. It only costs a hundred dollars to join it, and only well, that's good for electing directors. Don't have anything to do with distribution of the money. It's how much business did you do with, and they give it back according to whatever line is in, like the ethanol plant. It's all yellow corn. Nobody, no farmer sold corn. So corn to the ethanol plant, they sold it to the elevator. The elevator fried the corn, so every farmer that sold yellow corn participates in the ethanol plant. We were touring up north, a lot of get together and make a co-op, it'd be mm -hmm. a small member, you buy your neighbor's grain and sell it. All the neighbors participate, great deal. Money, money return was a great deal too. Yeah. It's going to take a dry year out. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> but that's just what we built that county to be. We're a vertically integrated county. Yep. Probably one of the best vertically integrated ones there. Which flour mill there, if you eat a biscuit at McDonald's east of the Mississippi River, flour came out of Christian County, Kentucky. Wow. Two or three more things, that's Seymour Milling, Seymour Milling Company County, came out of Teotopolis, Illinois. We recruited them. Oh, that's where this home office is today. It's <clears throat> in that center, that kind of where we built it to yeah. be that way. So. We got a pretty good tour, a vertically integrated tour there. U.S. Tobacco Company, Seymour Milling Company, Trucking Company behind them. We got a feed mill Continental there. Mills and yeah, Continental Mill to make Crusty's Pancake Mix. You use Crusty's Pancake Mix, made in Christian County. They're they there because of Seymour Milling Company. They come to that. I mean, they come for that milling company, and they don't even truck their flour. They just blow it across the road. And that's all around Hopkinsville. All in right around in Christian, all around Hopkinsville. It's, it's we're known this state as a vertically integrated. We might be. As Vertically integrated, ag vertically integrated is any place you're going to go. Well, the Continental Mills uses maybe a couple of uh, yeah. railroad cars of sugar yeah, a day. A day. <laughs> yeah. That's how big they are. They're big. Well, they yeah. all, they they're big. do a lot of work. Well, we talk agriculture so efficient. They is. are too. You know, economic development people didn't look at them. They called me and said, Wayne, this flower mill coming. You reckon we want to look at something like that? That's going to be a lot of dust and stuff like that. I said, Do you realize we're the number one wheat county in the state? Them people going to grind wheat. I said, That's what we want. That's what we want here. Absolutely. I got a group of farmers together. They want to meet with farmers. I'll never forget. We got some really good people. I said, Now, if you ask these people what you're going to pay for the flower, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> we got to get them here. They got to have the flyer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But we got them there. They've been good yep. supporters too. Good, good company. They actually, good business they actually process half or better of all the wheat raised in Kentucky. So you're the first generation. You're the second generation is third generation, fourth generations. Yeah. Yep. Already in. Well, we've got third generation. <laughs> third generation. <laughs> yes, yeah. Fourth grade, pretty young. Okay. Exactly right. My oldest son's running the farming operation, kind of like like I did when I started in the business, and he's okay. him and uh, a farm manager running hunt farms. And the farm manager's son's coming on board. So got a whole new group whole, there. My my middle son is in the dealership. He went to college, graduated, come back, and has worked in service and parts, and then now he's selling in Hopkinsville. There, he's a salesman in Hopkinsville. From What's the his name? Yeah. Darren. He might Darren. Be, he pulls mm -hmm. tractors here. Yep. He so Brandon, be, Brandon's my oldest son, Darren's my anything. middle son, and Shane's just graduated from high school, my okay. middle son. So then uh, Brandon's got a little one, Case. Case is coming on board here. He's, uh, what, seven? I think that's right. I no, think seven. Years seven. right here. So <laughs> fourth generation coming on. Fourth. It's right. a little early still, but. That's right, that's right. Three in the business today. She had two children. We had one boy, one girl, and they all live on the farms. There, the, yeah. the girls are on the, they're actually, their dad and his family farm joined our farm. Yeah. Anyone else on the, in the Morgan family? Ross and Jeff? Ross and Jeff, right now, yeah. 
Brenda was in there a while when we first merged, but she didn't have yep, to do that. Ross's so wife. She did a lot of the front work. Jeff has, a, has a daughter and a son, but yep. uh, okay. not in the business. I'm so what have been some of the struggles over the years? Where you right were like, say, what did we get say, ourselves I think, into? I think it would just start from, start from, the, from the first. I think it was, it was really good year or two, and then we had the merger. Mm-hmm. We were worried about the company because we yeah. went together before the company went together. Yeah, we went together before the company. So red and blue, oh, right. we were in one building before the company went together as, as, as one company. Yeah. So that, that was probably the a, a worry of mine at the time. What are they going to do to us? Yeah, was there any involvement from Kaser New Holland when, when you were merging and were they like... Yeah, they did. We, they almost canceled Ross's contract. We didn't ask they anybody. Didn't we to built it. a new building. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but the synergies of two being in one oh. and, and the economies of scale, I mean, we just, it, uh, we, we had, there was no way not to do it. No, mm-hmm. we, could, we was on one side of town, one side of town. We had two locations in the same town even, and it, I mean, it just made no sense. So the dual branded dealer is what, you know, it was pretty tough back then. It was we didn't any, know everything we know today. We just said, <laughs> Look, I don't know. Then they kept rolling around. We asked them, they didn't say anything. I said, shoot, I don't know. We can we can save two hundred thousand dollars a year if we get on in one building. Yeah, right. So we just did it, and they raised game. <laughs> they threatened and all that kind of thing. Because we didn't think that we didn't know as much, but we don't know much today. We know more than that. We said we should advertise right off the bat. Yeah, yeah. They come and say, ain't gonna happen. I said that's gonna be interesting. All right, yeah, we'd be building a new building, yeah. <laughs> 50,000 50, square feet. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? I don't know what happened, but we got through it. So we got, yeah. They all calmed down. We thought the merger was great from grassroots because if you put New Holland and Case together, then how many number one products did we have? We had a lot, the hay line. I mean, yeah. New Holland had a corner on the hay business. Oh, yeah. That was Ross and them specialty. Yeah. Small tractor stuff. Yeah, Ross like and that. Jeff was hay. I guess yeah, they, had, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they were hay. Really, they had the hay business from. Oh my gosh, huge market share. Huge market share, and then we had all the good things. The mm-hmm. the Maxim tractor coming yep. out along about them. We new we Magnum. Were, we were trying to get through case deciding whether they want to sell sixty horsepower <laughs> tractors or not. That's a big number. We probably got one of the largest markets because tobacco used a lot of little tractors mm-hmm. like that. Our, our company's yeah. been in turmoil though, Case yeah. IH, because you know the red went with the white <laughs> together. You know, so what color is the tractor going to be? Yeah. yeah. So they yeah. painted the white one red and called it Case International, which uprooted the whole you oh, know yeah. customer base because yeah. everybody was either white or they were red. You know, they were either International yeah. Harvester or they were Case. Well, we so thought it, a lot of that went together. So it, we didn't know. We thought when that merger came about, it's going to be pretty good. We were Case and yep. looked like you know New Holland bought Case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. A whole lot of people don't know that. Right. But it was a New Holland bought Case, but they used the Case management. If you remember, Walsh and them uh, the heads up there were the same. Mm-hmm. Two of the boys in charge. Can you remember? Yeah. We said still one solid year mm-hmm. with no answer. They had so my personal opinion. You can just say. They had so much stock stuff, they just glorified because the stock price, you know, they gave way over the stock price for it. Mm-hmm. When it merged, their stock had done great. We sat still and they finally went through the transition. I think, best I remember, New Holland kind of company took all them out and we got another new group. We went through groups, you know, the, mm-hmm. the transition up and down. And especially, what I think, hurt us a lot. Mm-hmm. But we just, we're one of those today that I think it's our attitude. Look, I don't know, we're going to do everything we can to make this thing successful, and we're going to tell this company, and this is Steve's story, I think he chaired that dealer advisor, did a good job of it, how we see it. Can't change your company. Mm-hmm. But we'll tell you how grassroots sees it. 
if you want to be successful, here's what we got to do. You you can listen or not, make any difference. But uh, this is this is what it is. I'm an old school guy. You better come. I go back of that shop. I won't know, and I don't pick out nobody supporting me. I won't pick out guys. So what do you think? We doing? How we doing? Yeah. What would you change? How do you yeah, see this? You can't. You can't. Farmers too. We still we still go back and run yeah. some equipment every yeah, year to go farm. back and be sure we can still do it. Kim, yeah. Okay. I had run a combine too. That's my favorite thing. I go uh, home. Last time I run a combine, James down run that national circuit and tractor pulled, gonna lose his lead. And I went yeah. for it. But still go back to the farmers and tell me, especially if we're spread out so much. If I finally get out there, I want to go to some farms and ones I'm close enough to. I said, tell me, I call them king posts. I got to have a king post I can talk to. Absolutely. Tell me how we're doing. What do you see? And usually find out some stuff that I didn't know too, and it's grassroots. I call it grassroots. That's where you want to know what what's he see. He's buying from you. He's ordering. He, they're working on his stuff. How long did it take us to get there? Mm-hmm. How long did it take us to fix it? That's right. And they're usually where we're the ones that's been in this company a while. I got they just got two or four, five, six people. I call. What do you think? I said Wayne, you have to do this. This ain't working. I, I didn't call you. It ain't serious. But you, but it's not working. Yeah. Something like that, you know. They have good things. We'll get back to H&R AgriPower's story in a minute, but first I wanted to say thanks to HBS Systems, the sponsor of this series. To learn more about HBS's equipment dealership management systems, visit www.hbssystems.com. After that, head over to farm-equipment.com for the latest industry news. Now back to the story of H&R AgriPower and how forming an ESOP served as a succession plan for the company and how it's helped the dealership grow. I think when Dad and Ross merged, they kind of had the auto mall mentality, okay? Yeah, we, we did. And that was kind of the concept. That's well, right. the work for car dealers, car dealers. We'll just try it with truck. Yeah. We had Kubota in the wings as well, yeah, okay? We but Kubota. it was at the fertilizer company. We kept that's it over right. there for a while. So oh, by the time too. everybody emerged, they said, well, that's just a good time to roll everybody together in one store. So we <laughs> yes. put Kubota in there with yeah. New Holland and Case I So the Hopkinsville yeah. store was our first store that had multi-brands. Yeah, we okay. And that... It, but we're not in the breadbasket. We're not in in that we do well, ten foot right? deep soil. Right. So we have to really. We drove the market hard with Kubota, uh, with with the consumer piece. I mean, it's it's huge for us. Mm-hmm. It is to today. It still is. Yeah, Major so companies don't like to hear that, but but really, when yeah. you get down to it, you know, yeah. in in the rooftops and how it takes a certain dollar level to keep the business viable so you gotta you'll sometimes struggle in these smaller markets to keep that there so mm-hmm. that's where the multi-brands under the same roof really make a lot of sense yeah and i think christian cannon breast i remember was one of the first kubota dealerships i think in 1970 in the early 70s kubota just comes first, to the country yeah. here mm-hmm. i mean it was old kubotas out there yep. they, they, they didn't last forever yeah. but they liked them well they last really good yeah and uh, we've kind of we've kind of part ourselves to keep everybody happy yep. best we can but Case was a was a tough player in there because you was first beating Steve ever went to a Case meet was in Chicago. I can't remember who the manager was. That guy from Mario Furla. Mario Furla was the was it? They just took Case over here and said there'll be no Kubota sold on this lot. Nothing like it. Well, and not going to sell in six. Not going to sell small tractors. Not going to sell in small tractors. Hendershot, I the first time I remember Hendershot, he sold all when he got up and raised holy hell. <laughs> it's in Chicago. We're on the way home. I never got told Steve's son, I don't know, we may have found us another way to make our living. 
this ain't gonna work. This so Dad got got back under the big corporate rule again. He yeah. didn't want. He got out from under with W.R. Grace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here we go again. It's just like it was, but he didn't last too long. He yeah. didn't last, I think six months might have got in. I don't mm-hmm. think he lasted too yeah. long. He didn't last long enough to implement everything he wanted to do. Yeah. I think Dad made a good point. We can't. Our job is not to run Case H or New Holland or Kubota or anybody. We have good relationships with all brands though, and and. In a way today that they'll come ask us, what do you what do you think about this? Is this something that's going to work for dealers on the dealers? Always there's there's the corporate side and the dealer side, so yeah. we got to be together as yeah. one here. And that's when I chair the DEB. I, I tried to be sure. I knew some things they yeah. could not change, so just don't even ask them. That wasn't going to be. But you you pick the things that they can help you with, and 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 you you show them how they can help you, and, and for the betterment of everybody. Mm-hmm. That 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 did probably a. I had a group on the board with me that had the same mentality, so that that went a long way with the manufacturer. But we got to have the manufacturer, and they need us today. I mean, that, that's that's we have to have that close bonding relationship together. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember he called when he they asked him to chair that dealer advisory. He called and said, "Daddy asked me chair thing. I don't know what I'm old enough to do that." <laughs> I said, "I don't know. I've never told you what to do, sure but I can just tell you this." If you do it, you don't go in there and nod your head all the time. You go in and tell them how we see it. Exactly. Right over the Here it is the way it is, and here's what we think is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And if they want you can't change that. Right. If they want to listen and change it, they can. I think he did a good job of that for three years. I, I think, think our brand direction. You know, in expansion, I think they definitely play a key role in that. Yeah. I mean, they've really helped us. And, and we don't want to get to our, our people. Sometimes we, we, we have to we talk about our people and are you guys ready for this? I mean, we, we did seven in one year there, and, and it was it was not good. It, it uh, We weren't ready for that. The opportunity yeah. presented itself, and this last expansion, I guess we did, we did six. We did six, six locations, but we were a little more ready for that. But uh, uh, we do have our people to consider. We don't want to do, we don't want to commit ourselves too much that we can't handle it today. Right. And that, that's... That's uh, that's for sure a focus of mine and Dad's. We just got to be yeah. sure that everybody's on board with doing it. We're people we We're doing our company yeah. for sure. Yeah, they have a vote. <laughs> they have a vote. They have a vote. We take it. I, I like my place. Somebody said, "What are you doing?" I said, "Nothing. But I can kill it if I don't like it." But I just got to <laughs> sit there with the hardest thing an old guy has to do is sit at the table with all these young ones and listen. And say, <laughs> I don't think so, but whatever. I'm gonna let it go here as far as you can. Maybe go work, and then you take. You take credit for it for work. If it don't work, you kill them. Those young guys' idea. Yeah, their idea. I didn't think it would work, but but I think people have been our blessing all the time. We have been, so we don't have a. We have turnover, sometimes chastised for turnover in some areas, but turnover not bad. You got you got to keep building some, but we got a lot of people that have been there and been. I know now they're they're getting up in them, twenty years, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. You know, our ESOP is. Kim is an important part yeah. of this because this our last acquisitions here, the ESOP acquired those. So it's the first time that the ESOP would expanded its business. Okay. And it uh, that that's that's our, that involves our people again. They own part of that today. So and, and and they were successful businesses. A lot of earlier acquisitions were. It was in tough times. I mean, it was it was kind of a, a heady deal to to pull off if you. Acquiring a dealer in a down market in a down time, do you really want to do that? Right. So, but we did some of that and had to fix a lot of stuff wrong. The last acquisitions were a little different. It made them a little easier. They they were successful businesses and ran well, and and we just we got together with owners for succession planning because there basically okay. wasn't any succession plans there. That helped a lot because ESOP be pretty perpetual. I mean, it'll go on after Dad and I are gone. Somebody's going to run the ESOP. So. Right. 
it's a it's a, a, a big I think dad's estate plan that helped him in his estate yeah. plan it just it, it grew our company it, it allowed us to grow a company a lot quicker than mm -hmm. if we were not an ESOP I can tell you that right now the ESOP thing what Steve said is really we just kind of lucked up on it we we're doing estate plans and I'll never forget we went to Louisville and all these attorneys and all that stuff sat around. They decide what you're going to do with the farms and all that stuff. I wasn't there. It took about all day, you know, and it was about my afternoon there. I said, well, why, what are you going to do with the rest of all the business? I don't know, but I'm tired of talking about what's going to happen when I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not going to do that anymore. And so how about Aesop? Why, maybe you want to look at Aesop. Didn't really know what it was too much. And I'll never forget, I'm pretty country, and they kind of pushed a few buttons. All of a sudden, I think, up in the middle of the table, and the screen come down, and guy out of Cincinnati is on the screen going to tell us about Aesop. I had Barnett with me and a couple of lawyers from home. Yeah. He's the numbers guy. And, and uh, they explained a little about the Aesop. I don't sound bad. Barnett, why don't you and Leonard, that's those accounting guy he worked under, still does our outside audits. Why don't y'all go to this big seminar down in Georgia and see what you think, man. Come back and tell me what you think. Yeah. And that's how the Aesop thing got started. It was a, and for us, the growth thing was a perfect plan. We didn't yeah. feel... We talked about going public. Can you see us come into the public? <laughs> I can't. I couldn't either. So we went up there and met with Dave, Dave Meyer, you know, and yeah. we're a good friend. We're in the same group 20. And we <laughs> flew up there, and he did. He showed us everything, all this big thing out on the map. Finally, I said, Dave, come here, let me talk to you. Now tell me what you really think about the seesaw. <laughs> he said, Wayne, well, all I can tell you is somebody from Wall Street in this building every day won't know what we're doing. <laughs> got me going planes, and I don't believe it's. I don't believe it's public going to do we done already hired the investment bankers I don't believe it's going to work for us yeah. <laughs> we, we can do the same thing with an ESOP if we don't mind not pricing your business you can't price your business in an ESOP the government price it okay yeah it's, it's controlled it, it's it is control, government, so. it, it is a government program mm -hmm. and if you're willing to take whatever they say it's worth mm -hmm. It's a great deal, but now if you want to build up, overcharge, and all this stuff, we got great blue sky. They don't pay no blue sky money either. Right, <laughs> right. yeah. And I said, hey, we're, we're fresh enough on the table. I ain't got an issue with it. I want it to be successful. That's the main thing. In fact, we are family financed it for them. The fertilizer company didn't have to go to the bank and get their money. I said, look, I want it to be successful. Five years, no principal, no nothing. Blow this thing out here, guys. Make it work. Work with it'll work for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's worked great for us. I mean, it's, so was going to an ESOP was part of succession planning or separate it from was, succession planning? It was succession planning, planning yeah, no about it. but it's also was survival mm -hmm. for us because we had, I think we'd sit inside and we don't have enough money as a family. We've got this thing about four as we could. You got to realize that was five years ago. We're five just going ago. into that. You know, we ended up doubling our adding 15, 20 million a year, you know, and we added 90 million last year, 70 million, 90 million, something like that. But, just, we, we're not going to have enough money of our own without taking investors or something like that. How are we going to do it? Got to look. You always got to look down that road. You got to be looking two or three years down the road mm -hmm. all the time. That's exactly right. And, and so we got to do something. So let's do this. And you, so we have a kind of have your cake and eat it too. We're not quitting. We're not wanting to get out. We can run it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, the employees, they can't fire you tomorrow. One thing, if we want to sell that company, they'd have to vote on it. We have a trustee on the board, two outside directors on the board, and me, Ron, and Steve. So we got a, so we don't we don't have any employee complaints. We have a stockholder meeting. We explain everything to them. But we were an open company anyway. Everybody in our company sees the financials every month. If you're in a if you're in a place, if you're in a management place here, you're a store manager, a service manager, parts manager. You're gonna see your piece. And we do budgets and said, 
Then you say, what part of that did we not do? What do you think is wrong here? What, yeah. we need to, what we need to do to fix it? Don't look like we dream big enough or got yeah. where we need to be. But that was a, some people don't want us. Some of these places we buy, they've never seen financial. They don't know. Mm -hmm. I asked one, said, what? I went here one young man, a good story. He said, I think this young man I catch it on might need to let him go. And he ain't been here for a year. And I said, well, how much is he building? He said, well, I don't know. Well, I said, you don't know how much he's building a year? He might be the second best guy you got. He said, I don't see anything like that. Nothing wrong with it. That company was successful, but that's not our method of operating. Yeah. Our guy's going to get there a month. He built 150000 We got some techs that build 300000 a year. And they're $100,000 people, too. Mm -hmm. But they know that. Everybody knows. The service manager knows. He's a top guy. Yeah. I think we must operate like one big family all the base group anyway, that, that hundred works out of that one building, that hundred works out hundred people work out of that building in Hopkinsville. As you've gotten bigger, has it been harder to keep it feeling like that? Yeah. That hundred in that building feels like a family, but is it? Yeah. How you do you keep it that hard toward it, we work hard toward it. Like your family getting bigger. Right. <laughs> How much time do you yeah. have for each child, you know? But yeah. It is, it's, it is difficult. They got something to look at and they got some kind of help up there. We got layers, we got too many layers, I think, but it's the only way we can keep them together out here to be doing the same thing. We want everything done the same way, basically. I'm a old school. I mean, I want a, I want a board in that shop, and I want every technician up there, and I want something under him. said, he got this much work to do. Mm -hmm. Simple. That's how we run fertilizer trucks. That's just a simple piece. We want everything to be as close to like as you can, but different everywhere we are in that game, it's a different culture. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And we already know we can't change culture. 18 locations, six states, okay. Columbus, Mississippi to Princeton, Indiana. Yeah. It's a lot of different cultures there. Virginia, Illinois yeah. is kind of a pretty good sized triangle there. <laughs> yeah. But but then again, we got the, uh, I think our management today with these recent acquisitions, <coughs> we have made some changes in how we manage the piece yeah. of business and put an extra layer in there. And I, I'm like, Dad, we don't, maybe we have too many, I don't know. But we want to, we kind of guard that to be sure H&R Agri-Powers ran the way we want it to be ran. Mm -hmm. And that's with that service intent in mind. I mean, the guys that are regional managers today are out of our office and, and central office. They 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 know the culture of the company and that and how that company was founded and, and what's it, what 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 attributes to the success. They know what that is. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Morgan's one of those, by the way. He's in the whole good side of it. He travels the territories and okay. and be sure. But that we can't lose that because I don't know how the bigger companies do it, but we try to keep yeah. those numbers to the. To the minimum, but you almost you have to have some people traveling out here to understand what what H and is all about, and be sure that doesn't go away. Right. Because that that can go away, and then we won't be successful anymore. I can tell you. Too big a loss when you find it out, yeah. rather than be out there and know it. We guard against it pretty pretty Thank heavily. You. Yeah. But storm management's key. Yep. Rooftops. Yep. How much? How many dollars a rooftop got to do yep. to survive? Yep. But we share all that, and, 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 and we just kind of keep it drawn together. Yep. Jim Weber is our consultant. I mean, we've had him since 1993 yep. or 94. Really, he's on our board. He trains and, uh, uh, every year. We have a group trainings. Yeah. We'll have him on next week. When we get out of here, we'll have him on next week. So it really is important, though, to, to keep doing that, though, too. His book is kind of our standard. We kind of use it. This is a company's book, his numbers book. Yeah. 
And that real, I kid him all the time, so you couldn't run a dealership, but you tell him something to do it good. <laughs> he said, well, he said, it's this way, do this. I think Dr. Weber is really a lot of key to our success, too, because we've got guys that can recite that book to you. We do. And they've been through enough, and yeah. they, they, they own that book, and that's yeah. how we run the business today. Yeah. We had, you know, we got to have somebody. How can we write a book, how you run an infant dealership? That's what his book is. Mm -hmm. From everything from front to back, every every division, parts, service, whole goods, mm -hmm. then your turns, and we are we're numbers driven, yep. numbers driven. I mean, I think I think it's been good for us because I know one thing we can see, Ken, we can sense we farm too. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Exactly. We know what a downturn means to us. We know what downtime means to us. We know what efficiency on a farm and, and his critical times and when he's not critical. Did he really heaven. need it if it raining straight down? Probably not. That's right. That sunshine, he probably meant it was, I gotta have it. Yeah. Like having, you know, yeah. being grounded in agriculture, yeah. we, 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 again, we know what that farmer wants, you know, and we have to keep on providing that too, mm -hmm. we have to. If we don't do that, then we won't ever be successful anymore. Yeah, I really think that's one key for us. We, we live and breathe agriculture. I yep. live right in the middle of the farm. And, and we're there every night. We don't get very much daytime. We're there every night, and uh, the ruler there really is my wife. I've been married to her 58 years. She, she owns that farm. But yeah. Don't say anything, but she thinks her grandkids on the moon. But <laughs> I'm a little different. I think I built a road around where somebody asked me, "How you make it?" I said, "I watch them. They don't do nothing like we did. They don't go to work same time, but they don't never quit." You learn just you learn just let them alone. <laughs> <laughs> they go, they exactly. only get it done. But well, I do, I do think that's probably the biggest key to our success is having run the fertilizer company because that was a service. Yeah, I mean, a fertilizer company has products that are all the same. Of everybody's got the same product you got. Everything's right. the same. So how are you successful in that business? Is only one way, and that's providing that yeah. service that that farmer wants to come back for, right? Yeah. And and I think that that got us jump started and that's why we got in the senior business. We just didn't have that yeah. service. So today we keep on in each one of our new acquisitions, there's a little bit of a difference that the culture there, I think, that we, we bring to the table that, you know, we're we want to be sure that farmer gets taken care of and, and I, I give a farmer my card every time I go on that yeah. farm. And call me if you if, if if you're working. I'm working somewhere. I'm either at our own farm or I'm on the dealership. Yeah. Don't hesitate to call me anytime. And I've had them call me too. There's no issues because it's very important for us to be sure they get what they pay for and what they want as a service. It's huge. Yeah, that service. I think that's our reputation. I think this company stands. Most people know that we go in new areas. Well, they're gonna have somebody there. You know a little bit. Say, well, mm -hmm. one thing about their service, what they sell. Yep. Is it like we want it? Not exactly. It never is. I understand. <laughs> we just lose somewhere, but but we still we got to be the best thing on the block if we can. That's mm -hmm. how, how we look at yep. it. We're pretty big on training our techs. I mean, yeah. they've got to know. They got to go to that field with the ability to fix that farmer's need and that service trucks and expensive service trucks unfortunately yeah. <laughs> but training they've got to have that base to so we're very proactive in all that but we push the service to the push the service out there to the nth degree we, yeah. we have to do that we did the same thing in the furlough we were the first to soil grid first yep. to put on trucks to variable rate applications stuff and we we're so far ahead of proceeding we look at proceeding now so geez we're doing that back in the 90s but we know it's coming together the, the two mechanical agronomy and and solar grommet came together a lot quicker than we thought it would. Okay. 
and it's we're kind of struggling with that right now. We, good thing about it, we got a little knowledge on both sides. We might have three screens on our tractor at home, but we needed three screens. <laughs> uh, one farmer come in, we had three screens on our desk in the office. Why wouldn't you have one in my tractor? <laughs> Some people say, well, you don't need three screens. We won't be just with us at office. Right. We might have three screens to do everything we need to do right. Yeah. And we just kind of push it that way. But I think, I that, think that's why we do. We push everything. I mean, we did precision farming back, I mean, Almar, I was here, met Almar at this show. I don't know how many years ago that was. The first year the year monitor come out, I come back the second year and bought one. Yeah. <laughs> that first year I said, Mr. Al, I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it, was I wrong or right? I was right. wrong. So we, but you know, that that's how we, we just keep everything. And we, and we try to make the farmer more money. I mean, that, that's what our goal is. If he gets service like he wants, and he's, he's, he's performing and hit to his ability, everything he can do. So. People, people are another thing for us too. We do some stuff like that. We got, we got kind of got a system. Left. I guess it's been five years, maybe. We hire five or six college graduates, seven college graduates yep. every year. Yep. Wow. And we just bring program. them in and said, okay. "Look, you're a management trainee. I don't know what you're gonna manage. <laughs> you don't eat. <laughs> and uh, we're gonna call it that. And, yeah. and but you're gonna, we're gonna see everything in this company. They're gonna work in service some. They're gonna work in parts some. They're gonna work in sales some." And they go look at that office. We got an asset manager today that we actually put on a shop. And on a shop, he is a genius. Yeah. Today, he manages every asset. He does every order and piece of this company, all 18 stores, and knows more about where it is in the system stuff than the, than the OEM that we ordered from. But we put him in the shop first. He didn't have a personality. Did he? I mean, he's just the best example I know of getting young people adapted. Where do they fit? Mm -hmm. But you know, I don't know we lose very many. I look at sometimes and say, where are they? They're out there somewhere in those six states. They're, some, yeah. they're somewhere. We, now we know they can't all go into Christian County. Right. We try to recruit them out of outside the county. Murray State's a good We recruit pretty hard. We've got a marketing and communication group that goes to every, every college day, you know, that they have. Yeah. And, 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 and really, and got a really huge, uh, I guess, tech program uh, paired up with Parkland College there that we support. Uh, we'll, yeah pretty much fully pay the, the tech tuition to go to Parkland College. Okay. It's about a $32,000 program that, that, that we offer. Uh, we'll pay it post tuition. We'll pay it on the backside if he comes to work with us over five years. So trying to get more young people in the business. How do we get young people in the business? That's what yeah. we gotta do. That's what we gotta keep on drawing those people in. We'll take a quick break here to share another important project in the farm equipment industry. It's time now to celebrate our industry at its best. We're soliciting nominations right now for Farm Equipment's annual Dealership of the Year program. This yearly program recognizes both large multi-store and small store ag equipment dealers that are leading the way in best practices, operations management, and customer care. Nominate an industry best dealership today at www.farm-equipment.com doy or email me at kschmidt at lestermedia.com. And now back to our interview. How long does the management training program, how long does that last? Just however long it takes to get adapted, and we need somebody somewhere. That's our reserve force. The rule is that when you turn, when your time comes up, we're going to transfer you somewhere. You understand it. They don't really understand we come time to do it, but but they might be somewhere in, for a short time, five or six months somewhere, till we get somebody trained there. We try to keep in there a year, though. Parts yeah. and service and whole goods, if we, you know, they'll they'll figure out in about a year where they want to go in the company, probably. Okay. And, and then they'll, you know, migrate to that department and 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 then have some more training there. So, we, okay. and like that right. says, we really got a, we'll have a need. 
every time we have a group come through, there's a need that comes up where they need to go. New acquisitions, got a lot, a lot, a lot of need for people there, you know. So, yeah. and I guess some of them still. And you take one of them was a key. He was a numbers guy. He was the number two of the CFO. And yes. Ronnie walked in one and said, "Got bad news." I said, "What is it?" He did the farm accounting. No, is that good? We hired him and. One more guy and four ladies, all one time. All come out of the county. Our county was weak. Yep. I told Ronnie go to Murray and hire the whole class. That's where he'd come out of. He'd come back for six of them, I think. Wow. And this young guy had worked his way up. He was, in a, and the young lady behind him was the number three man back there, too. And, and uh, he wanted to run a store. <laughs> oh, jeez. He wanted to run a store. What we going to do? But then he's up in the central part of the state. Owensboro, his wife was from up there. She was a nurse up there. Just happened, we had a Owensboro stores pretty wicked management, so send him up there and run this store. He runs that store. Now he's gone up to run that store and do some regional. He's over yep. all those stores up there too. And he came in in the training. Program. So he oh, takes yeah. that culture from what he learns yeah. and he yeah. Yeah. gets yeah. in another store and then also now he's going out to the to the region piece. Yeah, now sometimes we don't think about it until we get to talk about something like this. <laughs> Where are they? It's like when I was shot in Mayfield when I was running the store. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're out there. We still, they're still out there in that system somewhere. Well, we feel like if those young people come to the company and they get they get a taste of whole goods and, and understand it, you know, and, and by the way, they go through the Weber. We've got a pretty yeah. good course for those guys oh, to go yeah. through as well. So they get the numbers and they, they get first-hand experience in parts and service and whole goods. If they go to run a store at that yeah. time, they're more seasoned they're, to do the job. If they are management level, but here for a store manager, right. we still need parts and service and whole goods managers as well. So we have to have, they might migrate to even just one of those yeah, things. I, so. I think he's the only one left there. Because what happened in that group, they were, they were the first group. We went, through, we went through the young ladies, all of them were four of the ladies, and one guy survived. One guy worked two weeks and wanted to draw his unemployment. I can remember oh, that. I remember that, yeah. He was the only one that went out. But the lady, we went through them getting married. We went through having children. <laughs> we did really good. And all of a sudden, their husbands got transferred. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, about to clean their clock, yeah. too. I were in major positions. But whatever we have, we kind of pulled things We're trying to put you know, five to six or seven yeah. through that program, yeah. you know, How continually. How long have you been doing it? Five, six. Okay. Probably six, six seven, seven years, years yeah. It's, it's evolved. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, that, that real man went through all he's been through, and he's in the store manager back up here at yeah. Addy, and it may be six pretty years, quick, seven years. Pretty quick, but, but it, it, the more time we can get them seasoned, the better off they're going to mm -hmm. be, though. Yeah. He was under a CFO. He got to see a lot of everything. Yeah. And he, he was off the farm, too. He knew farm, so... You know, it it was it was the right choice for him to do at the time, yep. and now he's wanting to do more, and um, we like that, by the way. And we got a, <laughs> yeah. we got a kid in your seat there now. We worked his. Yep, we he's off the farm as well. Also, so he's off. He's a, he's a number two guy there now. It's hard to go too far in our business to find somebody that don't have some roots in agriculture. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it, it, it's yeah. important. It's important to have that. Really. And then, yeah, we just we just blessed. We're blessed oh, with yeah, good people, I'm telling you. Absolutely. It's really good. That makes it fun, really. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. Nothing I like any better to see a young person make some money. I love it. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's my price. reward. Yeah. I tell you, yeah. dads, too. We yeah, just love to see right. people excel and do what they're capable of doing. We'll, it's, it's amazing. We've tested really. them pretty hard. We work hard. Our work our work ethic's pretty good. We like They're like the emergency room doctor going to get out there and be in practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right they like it you can tell the ones that like it they like they like yep. it. 
They lived in the county, boy. I turned they've been all been gone. I was the only one on the corporate side. I went every night I'm there, I'd leave and Barnett's gone to Hawaii, you know. We tried to get all them stores under one roof. Case said a trip to Hawaii. Yeah. He, he's representing yeah, us he well. needed he wanted to go. He uh, yeah. he needed to go. I said, Go, quit it. No, I'm I'm not gonna call you. I didn't either. I didn't call him while he'd been gone. But, <laughs> yeah. but I said, You Caleb, you take you some time, you need to go. He which like six, seven, eight o'clock, you know. I'm all right, I'm all right. He took one there and he said, I'm going to play basketball, he's not married. Yeah. I said, yeah, won't you go clear your mind? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the future for us is more more young people. Yeah. We, just, we, got, oh, yeah. we, we won't quit hiring. We've done that in the past, and that's been a little bit of a hiccup we had. We just, you get full of the people you need at that moment and you mm -hmm. quit hiring people. Yeah. You quit reaching out, you quit looking. Very much a fallacy because six months later you might need 14 people you don't have anybody to pull from so we have to keep bringing new people in the company we have to that was going to be my next question what's the future for mm -hmm. h and agripower well i think we got one <laughs> that's good i hope we got one but like that i think working at oem that's always a challenge but i i don't I, we're probably not done growing i think we'll grow some more we don't know when we really you know we've never been in control of that mm -hmm. We never said, now next year we're going to do this, we're going to try to buy these people. We just never have looked at it that way. No, we planned out a little differently yeah, if we were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just said, when it, and it seemed to come in, it, it seemed to come in groups. Yeah. I don't think we just done it. You know, we bought, of course, when we just got started and we built this, we did what the plan was. We bought Owensboro. I mean, everybody remember that. But for man, it's been the addition. We'd go a year or two and then there'd be a couple turn up. Morganfield, Mayfield, all come at the same time. We put one in one year and one other, the December, January. Yeah. 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 We can spread them out. And then uh, I guess we had the big, we had the big move, the six. We did six in one year. That was pure hell. No, we did seven in one year. I'm wrong. Seven. That was Alabama and then up in the edge of Tennessee, Brownville, Tennessee, around through there. And, and Columbus, Mississippi. Columbus, Mississippi. Columbus, Mississippi. Didn't that move in that mm, seven? I group? think it was. And then, then uh, we got all that done, though. It was tough. It's a southern market further away from us, a little bit different thinking what we do. Cotton picker, and it was going away and all that stuff. But we said, no, we ain't going to do it anymore. So when this, this last run was six, and they just kind of come at one time. I'm serious. Jane, Jane and I sat down and talked to her one day about how we came together. And this little old steakhouse down there in Ragged Steakhouse called Kumo down there in Evansville. We come around, I seen it still open. It didn't even look like the windows in it. But it's, I does a good steak, and I remember eating there. And she said, Wayne, that's 10 years ago. <laughs> said, I mean, yeah, it's that first time I met you, and you said, if I won't do anything, let you know. Uh, that, that is, that I, is I, I couldn't said, believe well, it. I couldn't remember what I knew I ate, and there was somebody, but I couldn't remember who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I said, God, I'm old. But it, that's the kind of thing it was. It's been uh, uh, Union City, Tennessee, Fred. Owned that place. Yep. I went there and talked to him once back, I don't know, seven, eight years. He said, Why ain't ever get rid of this place? I'll call you. I said, Hey, we weren't talking about that. I just introduced the, one of the board of workforce lived in there. He said, Me introduce you to Fred, you're a minister and all. <laughs> and sure enough, one morning he goes, Why ain't I ready to get out of this? You can't get out, you can go to work for it. I can take the burden <laughs> off of you. Did yeah. he died working for us? He was he had breathing issues. That's how all that question has been, though. I, I said, mean, you got a history back. here, Fred. You, you ain't going nowhere. Your blue skies, you're going to have to stay here till you die. <laughs> and he did, too. <laughs> he, was, he was one of us. But yeah. Those kind of things, I think, what built this company. I suspect it'll happen the same way. 
whatever's left out there, you know, pretty soon big ones are going to butt up against big ones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what that'll be. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Will that bring something what you see deer doing a lot of today? I don't know. I personally, I personally, that's kind of over my head. I think I could see three or four years down the road. I think where I think we might. Why it looks like the case brand. We're still consolidating, and, yeah. and deer, to some degree, the consolidators are consolidating. Yeah, and that's and they're just ahead of the game a little bit from from yeah. the red guys. They're yeah. just what we see, but it um, we've got some more acquisitions we could we can do yeah. when we get the yeah. dust settled here a little bit and get the yeah. get to make sure. Put your we, breath in. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we, have to, we have to do that. We have to get we in here. To. We got to get smoothed out. We got it. Everything makes sense. We got our own system. Mm -hmm. We actually sell that system to other dealers today. We wrote our own system, and we wrote. I'm not computer literate. They wrote. I like part of it. I mean, he's part of it. But I think that's. I think that's. We will know more about where we are than most people do. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, the best story, probably when this, when the bubble ruptured, I'll never forget. I'm Steve owned some stock. We tracked deer stock, case stock. I ain't no stock guy, but he he tells what he sees. But then. Their report in August of 14, the lady that did that, Blue Pack Partners, was, I think they terminated her. She told it exactly like it was and justified every move she made, went back to the 80s. I came out of the 80s. Mm -hmm. I keep a rabble bank analysis of agricultural land on my desk from 1973 to 2023, what they said it's going to do. It takes the four factors in farming, five factors in farming, and compares them versus price of corn. So I could see and live through those times. and. We just got together. She put her report out and said, bubble's not going to burst, it's going to rupture. And project the stock, which didn't mean much to me, but she said, we have oversold the market. I didn't know exactly what the market was. I tracked it. She put it out there. I think it was, a, she called it like a 2018 to 20,000 unit market. Maybe we're selling in back in the 80s. It's a 44,000 unit market now. We can't sustain that numbers. I called our group together. We had a huge number used. We were current. We were term was good, I suppose. This ain't going to be pretty. It's going to rupture. I think this lady's right. We got it. I mean, let's sell this stuff to the farmer. We don't haul it off to auction. If he walked around this piece twice, you let him take it home with him. He'll let us work on it, sell parts. We did that and took that, you took that inventory down to about 20% of what it was. Mm -hmm. In a pretty short time, we were pretty cash rich. But when we got to the time down here, we was able to do the things we do now, the consolidation and stuff like that. But it's just, that's just, you feel that, you see it in there, yep. you can live through it. I don't call it looking back either. <laughs> I look back a lot and look at history and say, what is history, but what you got? And I guess I coined that phrase from, I think it Mark Twain said, history don't necessarily repeat itself, but it sure does rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all back there. You can see that trend of agriculture, especially. I mean, this last blurb that went up here like this, when we're selling 44,000 units, where are we today? We're back down here like this. Yeah, that charts right on it. I think of where it is yeah, today. I think it's right. And we got to learn to live with that. Right. We have to. We can't say, okay, we was up here. Now we're just going to sell. We're going to be a hundred million less sale. We're going to do. We're going to manage different. <laughs> we got to adjust to that. Know exactly what pays your bills and what your highest risk is, and don't let that get next to you. Fun game though. Yeah. We enjoy what we do. Yeah, we enjoy what we do. It's. Or loose. That's the most <laughs> important thing. Yeah, it is. It is. Somebody said, "When well, you seventy-five, you, how come you're still working?" I said, "Lord, I don't know what else you do. You mean you, anybody in this country don't get them go to work every day? That's what's wrong now. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Well, I, said, uh, I, 
enjoy what I'm doing, I guess. Yep. All right. Don't have to do much. Got good people. We got secession plans. They talk about secession. You can see all there. It's two or three levels out there, really. Yeah, that's good. That that is is good. Oh, it's that's a, it's good. a me and Ross deep. up here, and them, we the oldest. Steve group. There's a group under that. Yep. yep. That's a serious three a right there. there. Mm -hmm. And there's another group down there. Thanks, they are. They They come up through there pretty fast. They move pretty fast. Right. Yeah. Appreciate what you all do. You all do a lot for agriculture. A lot of things yep. develop. Thank you guys for well, sharing the story you, with us. You're always you just plain. Yeah. I think. I think. I think we're known as happy known as plain wing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something you want to hang on to. Thanks so much to Wayne and Steve for making time to sit down and share their story with us, and another thanks to HBS Systems for making this podcast possible. I'd love to get your feedback on the new series, so drop me a line at kschmidt at lestermedia.com. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. This will ensure you'll be alerted as soon as new episodes are made. Thanks again for joining us for this one-on-one -on -one conversation with Wayne and Steve Hunt. Until next time, I'm Kim Schmidt signing out of Our Dealer Story. <laughs>